Aren't adventurers supposed to have a specific purpose? What are you doing on this quest? Just meeting strangers? Yep, my purpose is to have no purpose. Though, I sort of find purpose as I go. My basket! It's missing! I have tried many means of defense, but none have yet proven successful. I just wish someone would succeed in getting that darn sword. I am under attack by this ruffian! I want to be big and strong and fight evil. I have hope that if you show up at her door, she might listen. Want to help me yell at them? With your sword? In a threatening manner? Sidequesting is a fantasy podcast about avoiding the main plot. It follows Ryan, an adventurer who's willing to help just about anyone out, as long as they're not being asked to deal with that scary wizard everyone keeps talking about. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. This story is a fairy tale, but not the syrupy sweet kind. It has teeth and parts of it are scary. Suggested listening to ages seven and up. And if you're a grown-up still protecting a child within, this show's for you too. Realm presents a Dagaz Media production of Fae and Fiends, an original story for audio by Fred Greenhalgh. Episode 4, Heart of Stone. Lizzie has seen lots of movies involving people coming to the edge of waterfalls, but she's really not sure what to do. She can swim. Her mom has taken her to the Y a lot so she swims as good as a 10-year-old girl can be expected to swim. But what happens when she goes over the waterfall? Does she get eaten by crocodiles? Should she crawl into a barrel? But it turns out she doesn't have much time to worry about it because everything that happens just happens. What do we do? Go with the flow, Mass! Go with the flow! The waterfall grabs Lizzie, sucking her into the powerful water and spinning her around so she doesn't know which way is up, down, or sideways. The water is in total control, so powerful that it also seems alive. Or perhaps it is. Aren't you a curious thing? Don't you know how to swim? No. I'm coming on too strong. It's just been so lonely here. Sorry, dear. I can't understand you. Lizzie struggles to swim to the surface, but the water keeps pulling her back under, into the middle, into... She doesn't even know where, but not out. Fear starts to grab her again, but she shoves it off. Then a thought occurs to her. She still has the magic ring. What if she just disappeared? Hello? Hello? Where'd you go? Hello? Oh, no! The water's pummeling suddenly stops and Gnome and Lizzie go flying. 
The water elemental sinks away. And now the rage of the waterfall is gone, and it's just a calm, trickling stream. <laughs> yep, you just slack it up, you wretched water. And wretched cavern, too. Gone collapsing itself at the very first strike. Life's work ruined. We were almost drowned and crushed. And the first thing you worry about is your stupid heart stone? What the heck is wrong with you? No need to be mean. I'm not being mean. I'm being realistic. You're really more worried about your rock than your life? It's not that. It's just... All my friends and relations said I was mad to go out here and spend my life digging into a wyvern mountain. One that's killed so many other gnomes before me. If I go home empty-handed, it'll prove them right. Better to be crushed under rock while trying to win the quest than to admit the quest was a waste of time. Well, uh, what about this? Lizzie managed to get through the Whitewater Rapids with the bag of handiness in hand. And not only does she still have the wyvern shell, but she has a collection of fist-sized heartstone rocks in there as well. She digs out all she can carry and offers them to the gnome. What? You, you pocketed some of the heartstone? Feel it. It's still warm. Indeed, it is. You... You can't be serious. You'd give this to me? Sure. Thank you for getting me out of the mountain. <laughs> heartstone! Real wyvern grade heartstone! I, this will make for a fine enchanted weapon. You're a generous child, Lizzie. I think you deserve something as a keepsake. Let me see. What do I have? Claw hammer, hammer, claw. No, no, no. Claw, claw. Dragon's tooth. No, newt bait. Uh, aha! Here we go. A stick? A stick, she says. No, no, no. Not just any stick. This is a sliver of the world tree itself. And blessed by the Fae Queen. I was thinking of maybe turning it into a staff. One that could get to the truth of any matter. Hmm. Now, let's get my whittling stick out. Okay, you sharpen the point like so. Give a little sliver of this here heartstone. The gnome slices a thin bit of the heartstone with his knife and tucks it into the point of the staff. Then he offers it to Lizzie. With my compliments. Thank you. Look, it's even got a soft glow. Tells you it's enchanted. Enchanted with what? I don't rightly know. I learned how to craft enchanted things, not to figure out what kind of chance got in them or how to control them. Maybe I get an idea in my head, but that's rarely exactly how the thing turns out. The real magic, that's for the wielder to figure out. If I were to get a hunch of it, I'd say... Mm, it's got a hankering for the truth. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, what's your name? Cecil will do just fine. Thanks, Cecil. I'm Lizzie. It was really lonely in there until I found you. It was lovely meeting you too, Lizzie. You helped me realize my lifelong dream. <sighs> Only to lose it a few minutes later. Well... Only way to find the heartstone again is to start looking. You follow this river up, maybe another two far seas, and you'll be out of the mountains. Okay. Bye. Till next time. 
Now, while Lizzie was feeling pretty great about having bested a wyvern, discovered a heartstone mine, and inherited a couple of magical objects, her friends, Kyle and Garrett, were positively worried sick about her. After all, it's not many humans who get trapped in a cave with a wyvern and come out full of stories. Okay, okay, okay. I can see the mouth of the river just where the wren said it was. I don't see why we have to be in such a blasted hurry. Quiet, you're tongue weasel. If it hadn't been for you, she would never have been anywhere near that wyvern. How was I supposed to know that? It's a wyvern. You know them as well as I do. How I ever got talked into this. Oh, 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 Lizzie, I am so sorry. We'll have to, we'll have to find some friendly gnomes about. Uh, rumor has it there's a heartstone inside, so surely there will be. Hey! Oh, Lizzie! Oh, Lizzie, 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 I was so worried. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. So, so sorry we ever let you go after that wyvern. Yeah, me too. Not what? You are still walking on two feet, which I find impressive. And uh, is that an enchanted staff? With a heartstone gem. Hi, yes and yes. And this, Garrett, is yours. It's a little wet. I'm sorry about that. It went for a ride with me through an underground river and nearly pulled me to the ground when a water elemental was playing with me. But luckily, thanks to the dodginess spell, I floated to the surface. I, uh, well, I, 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 I don't know what to say. Well, how about thank you to start? <laughs> the only trouble with this whole thing is that the deal with the wyvern egg pertained to the contents of the egg. As for the shell, it's a solid meh. Garrett! Look, I'm only trying to be honest. This was a quest to seek my fortune, not collect odd bits of scientific curiosity. Oh! Oh! What'd you do that for? Say your thanks to Lady Lizzie, youngest in the line of Greenway, and our only hope of stopping the foul warlock. Oh, warlock. Who said we were going to stop the warlock? It's okay. Huh? Garrett, you can go now. What? Where? You saved us. We appreciate that. And then you asked for your repayment, which you've received. Yeah. No, 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 she's right, Garrett. According to the codes of magic, we've met our end of the bargain. But I thought we were pals. Buds. Pals don't try to send their friends to their deaths. Death? Who got killed? No one, that's who! Only because I got really lucky! So, what are you trying to say? You and this... this goat are going to travel to the world tree on your own? Across the back of the sleeping giant and all the way through the enchanted wood? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. You... you should go then! Get out of here! <laughs> you don't need me! <laughs> well, I don't need you either! Ta-ta! Good luck with your next cockatrice! And then with a flourish, or who would the weasel be without a flourish? They were gone. And it was Lizzie and the goat again. 
Did I do the right thing? It's rare that a thing is clearly right or not, Lizzie, but was taking Garrett down a few notches worth doing? Probably. <laughs> so, uh, what's this about the sleeping giant? Oh, nothing to worry about. A, a giant fell asleep a few hundred years ago, and he conveniently bridges this side of the river of dreams with the other. It's the most practical way to reach the enchanted wood. But what if he wakes up? Why are you such a pessimist, Lizzie? <laughs> This egg cream is delicious. I wish the chocolate syrup inside wasn't so expensive. If you'd like to save some shekels and have some fun at the same time, make sure you tune in to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. While Lizzie and Kyle prepared for the next leg of their journey, it was just another morning in the court of Carlo, seat of the Goblin King, epicenter of the brainworm infection. On this day, a line of supplicants from all across the Goblin Kingdom, desperate for relief from their terrible conditions, threw themselves before Carlo, hoping for kindness and finding only cruelty. Take him away. Next! Be quiet, you! <laughs> Carlo, our village in the lower plains has had no water for ten years now. There is no food for the goblin people anymore. Boring, <laughs> boring, boring. Get to the point. We, Carlo, great king, we beseech thee. I beseech you to pay your fair share of duties to the goblin empire. Your lowly tribe of herders has given nothing, nothing to the kingdom this year. We have nothing to give, your greatness. Our people starve. Please, show your greatness by giving mercy. Mercy? Mercy, he says. <laughs> mercy is that I shall have the Imperial Guard take only one of your hands in lieu of your tribe's payments this year. No, 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 great king, please. Keep talking and I'll have them take both. Guards! Away with this fool. Mercy, mercy, he says. Mercy is for the weak. <laughs> we starve. We starve while you dance on that throne. You're a human. You were never meant to be there. Oh, on second thought, kill him. <laughs> Somewhere away from here, we shan't have any blood staining the royal court. Yes, great Carlo. You're never... Quiet you! For the great goblin kingdom! For the great goblin kingdom! Well, that was tiresome. Next! Ah, ah, the wargs. I trust you have good news. 
Can't touch your tongue! Ah, ah, great, Carlo. We found the girl and her goat, right at the place where your name had been invoked. And you are here to tell me that they sit unpleasantly in the dungeons, deprived of food and waiting their inevitable fates? Oh, we, we were stopped. You were stopped. <laughs> well, Witterson, the troll, confronted us. By a troll? <laughs> it was outside our territory. Territory? <laughs> Lord Carlo! Silence! Territory, you say? <laughs> the destiny of the goblin folk is to take all of they. From the border of the Sea of Dreams to the Unicorn Islands. Extirpated though they are of unicorns. <laughs> to the distant reach of the dismal swamp to the soldier forest. And most of all, the world tree and every leaf and branch in the enchanted forest. It is ours! Our destiny! And you balk when a troll speaks of territory? We abide by the rules of fame, which have provided peace for thousands of years. You speak, you speak, you, you speak of peace? You know what I hear? I hear weakness. I hear compromise. I hear, dare I say, slavery. <laughs> You have let the righteous fairies dictate what your lands are, what your fate is, and never questioned them. Never said, what is my rightful place? Where is my share of all the goods of fame? No longer. Not with Carlo as your king. Yes, Lord Carlo, we understand. No, I do not ask for your understanding. I ask for your warrior spirit. No one gave you these things. Instead, you must take them. What? Yes, Lord Carlo! Will you take what is rightfully yours? Yes, Lord Carlo! Good, because time is wasting. You let this child slip away from your fingers, which means she is closer to reaching the enchanted wood and closer to sanctuary with the Fay Queen. This cannot be. But we don't know where she is, Lord Carlo. Do you question my magic? <laughs> no, but... Good, because finding her location is a simple thing. A parlor trick. You must only find someone who is psychically tied to the girl and will reveal their mind to us. And I know of just the one. Sister, dear sister, it's your bosom brother. I have a favor to ask of you. Lizzie and Kyle trek down from the Wyvern Mountains into the bluffs flanking the Sea of Dreams. They peer across a puffy, cloud-like set of cliffs 
that leads onto a narrow bridge which looks almost exactly like it could be the backbones of a sleeping giant. Which, of course, is exactly what it is. So, about this giant waking up... Oh, look, he fell asleep after a very long debate with the local dryad, who had grown tired with the lack of a trade route with the gnomes of Weird Mountain. This enchantment is incredibly strong. Why should I believe that? Everything that can go wrong for us does. Uh, honestly? This has been pretty much an ordinary couple of days in Fay. Really? <laughs> now, j- just stay quiet and whoa, 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 let me mind my footing. Lizzie's reminded of a trip she took with her mom to Rhode Island, a place where they could climb up and see the ocean. The cliffs she's on now are sort of like that, and yet not like it at all. The water, to start, isn't blue. It's more... The color of your wildest dreams. You can see beneath it just the glimmering tips of a mermaid's tail. Or is it the edge of a sea serpent turning over? And then it's gone, and a different color is washing over it. The sky here is like an upside-down sunset. The tapestry of colors of the ocean bleed into the sky and dance outward into shimmering stars that unlike the ones in our world, actually come to life and dance together up there. The meeting of the ocean and sky is so entrancing that Lizzie feels she could float away with it until she realizes that it is, in fact, the wind itself speaking to her. Hello? (laughs) Hello? Oh, hey! Greetings, wind! It means us no harm, Lizzie. It's being, well, uh, 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 wind-like. <laughs> they're, they're friendly. <gasps> oh, it's been a long time since I saw a unicorn <gasps> up here. You know what I am? You don't need a horn to be a unicorn. Oh, you always are. <laughs> oh! And a human child? Oh, I love children! They just seem to float away sometimes. <laughs> Would you like to fly with me, little girl? I, uh, well, maybe... Sorry, we're in a terrific hurry right now, dear Wind. We must get this child to the Queen of the Fairies, and we've had a number of, uh, well, uh, ne'er-do-wells on our tail. <laughs> Aww. The wind elemental flies onward, and for a moment, Lizzie is a bit sad, as she imagines the adventures she could have had, dancing through the clouds of the wind, flying so high maybe to try and even catch a star. Now it's back to the matter at hand. Lizzie and Kyle stand facing the narrow bridge across the spine of the sleeping giant's back. Yep, that, that looks like a giant. <laughs> now, uh, now, well, now, how does that Garrett song go? Yeah, one foot in front of the other. One foot, smother no, mother. something? One Maybe. foot in front of the other. And then they're off, past the point of no return. But little did Lizzie know there was another drama happening. 
back in her own world. We have an ambulance coming through. We're going to need some help on this one. Here they come. This way. Clear through. We have Mrs. Greenway here. Where's she going? We have a room set up for already in urgent care. Dr. Bronson is on standby. All right, here we go. Oh, I'm sorry, what room was that? Please, you'll have to wait out here. Wait. No, that's my mother. The doctor will be with her shortly. No visitors yet. Are you kidding me? Hospital policy, ma'am. Oh, fine. <sighs> Lizzie's mom, Cherie, sat in terrible loneliness in the hospital waiting to hear anything about her own mother, Nora. It's a terrible thing, this waiting, but at last the doctor comes out to greet her. The look on the doctor's face says it all. You're the daughter? (sighs) Don't tell me. She's alive. Just, she's in a coma. (laughs) How long? We don't know. Can I see her? Not yet. The loneliness gets worse. Now everyone knows how it feels to get sick in the body. When your body gets hot, or you hurt yourself, or food makes you feel bad, you get to lay in bed. People take care of you. Lizzie's mom has rarely gotten sick in the body, but she suffers from a different kind of sickness, the loneliness. The great sense that something is missing and she is to blame. It is a powerful sickness and it makes her cling too tightly to her own daughter. It makes her say things she doesn't really mean to her mother. Cherie digs her cell phone out of her purse. All she has to do is pull up speed dial and click the contact labeled mom. The rotary phone in the old farmhouse starts ringing. Come on, come on, come on! It's only five or six phone rings, but this time is the loneliest time Shuri has ever felt. Her mom is hurt, maybe dying, and now her Lizzie isn't answering the phone. Why isn't Lizzie answering the phone? Then, finally... Mom? What took you so long, Lizzie? You nearly gave me a heart attack. I was out in the barn, Mom, with Aunt Debbie, looking for your goat. My goat? What goat? Lizzie, what are you- Never mind. How's Grandma? Not good. Is she- She's alive, Lizzie. She's asleep. She's in a deep sleep. She's not talking. They don't know how long she'll be asleep like this. It's probably- You should get over here. Can you have your Aunt Debbie drive you? Nope, sorry mom, I gotta go now. You gotta what? Lizzie! Loneliness is an ocean, and Lizzie's mom feels like she's drowning. She sits alone in the waiting room of the hospital in a hometown she never wanted to return to for a very long time. So no wonder that when someone appears into this sea of loneliness, it feels like a life raft. Even if that person is Aunt Debbie. Oh, sure. Thank goodness. We need to talk about Lizzie. Lizzie? What's wrong with Lizzie? I tried. I tried to stop her, but something got into her. She knocked me over, ran outside, and into the woods. No. Here, take my keys. What? Take my car. Go find her. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Aunt Debbie. Anytime, Cherie. We're family. Cherie takes the keys and dashes from the room. The ocean of loneliness has turned into a hurricane of fear. 
When you're as deep in the ocean as she is, you don't see things which should be obvious around you. You don't ask, why didn't Debbie just call the hospital from the farmhouse phone? Or, how in fact did a grown woman let a 10-year-old girl escape her? And why would Aunt Debbie stay at the hospital rather than going back to the farmhouse to look for Lizzie? None of these questions are asked, so only Aunt Debbie knows the answers as she walks from the hospital waiting room into the intensive care unit. Excuse me, ma'am. Debbie, hi. Hi. You're not supposed to be here. I'm just here to see my cousin. Did the doctor say it's okay? Of course. We're family. (laughs) Who's going to argue with that? (laughs) Lizzie's mom rushes back to the family farmhouse. She hasn't been in this town since she left for college, but she remembers all the roads and drives down them at speeds far too fast to be safe. Wellspring, where everything happened. Lizzie. Cherie used to tell Lizzie that the memories of what happened at the farmhouse when she was a girl, she kept locked in a box. That night, 30 years to the day after those events, she's feeling that the locked box has started to come open. And she's scared of what will come out. The Wellspring. Lit by the full moon, just like it was that night. Lizzie! 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 Lizzie's mom starts climbing down into the spring, a dangerous thing to do in the dark. But just like she knew all of the back roads from the farmhouse to the hospital and back again, she knows the footholds in the rock can find them either from memory or from the infinite times she's climbed them in her dreams. Oh, this is crazy, but I have to try. Cherie reaches into her purse and takes out her cell phone. She pulls up speed dial again, but this time she doesn't choose Mom. She chooses Lizzie. It shouldn't work, but it does. Mom? Lizzie? Where are you? It's hard to explain because Lizzie and Kyle are standing on the spine of the sleeping giant bridge, halfway between the bluffs that flank the river of dreams. Lizzie, what are you doing? I'm talking to my mom. Yeah, what? Lizzie, you have to come back right now. That's not going to be easy, Mom. I'm serious, Lizzie. I'm serious too, Mom. Lizzie, Lizzie, could you keep your voice down? I can't take this from you, Lizzie. I don't have many rules, but this one is real and I mean it. Come back. Now. I can't, Mom. You Lizzie. don't understand. Stop talking back to me. I'm not talking Lizzie. back. I'm trying to explain. Lizzie, I am serious. Who's that with you? Is that a boy? No, Mom. It's a goat. Your goat. Lizzie, Your goat who you pretended didn't even exist. We need to go to the hospital right now. Something could happen. Come back right now. Uh, I can't. Uh, 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 gotta go! Uh, double time! Come on! Lizzie, what's going on? Fine, Mom! Hey, don't you dare it! 
Kyle starts running and Lizzie holds onto his fur for dear life. She doesn't need to ask Kyle what's happening because what's happening is obvious. <laughs> the giant is waking up! Yeah, that's the state of the obvious! Come on! <laughs> Faye and Fiends was written, directed, and produced by Fred Greenhalgh. Executive producer, William Dufries. Associate producer, Casey Turner. Script consultant, Kat Howard. Sensitivity consultant, Elena Fernandez-Collins. You heard Marie Lane as Lizzie. Shannon Campbell as the storyteller. Dustin Tucker as Kyle the Goat. Ella Moak as Garrett the Weasel. Casey Turner as the mom, Cherie. Kim Dakin as Grandma Nora. Michael Dix Thomas as Grandpa Jack. Peter Burkrod as Uncle Carlo. Karen Lund as Aunt Debbie, Michael Dow as Medic 1, Christine Marshall as Medic 2, Garrett's mum and Faye Althea, Chloe Koloski as Young Cherie, Lisa Boucher Hartman as Ghoul Tree, Cockatrice and Water Elemental, Colby Elliott as Wittishings the Troll and Cecil the Gnome, Dalton S. Kimball and Gary Hauger as The Wargs and Goblin Soldiers, Gregory Hauger as Young Carlo and Additional Goblins, Katie Gall as Wyvern Song, Maya Williams as Wind Elemental, Burke Brimmer as Dr. Bronson, Carrie Ann Loomis as Nurse Carly, Mariah Bergeron as the Fae Queen, Jessica Rainfull as Fae Cassandra, Chantal King as Fae Lieutenant, William Dufries as Giant, Goblin Supplicant, and Goblin Elder, Dylan Chestnut as Goblin Kid, Rachel Flanger as the Brainworm, James Herrera as Goblin Wizard, Tony Riley as Goblin Warrior, Ozma Caston as Glendora, and additional voices by the cast. Recorded by Fred Greenhalge on location at the Dear Old Farm in Berwick, Maine, and at Mind's Eye Productions in South Portland, Maine, both of which are traditional territory of the Wabanaki Confederacy. Assistant Director, Casey Turner. Production Assistant, Jessica Rainville. Dialogue Editing by Grace Waldron. Sound Design by Rory O'Shea. Additional Sound Effects by Mind's Eye Productions. Main Theme, World Tree Theme, and Carlos Theme by Peter Van Riet. Original Score by Frank Schulmeyer. Original Cover Art by Bethany Greenhalge. Episode Art by Simon Adams. See this amazing art, learn more about the world of the Fae and Fiends, and see behind the scenes of the recording process at our website, feyfiends.com. That's Faye, F-A-E, Fiends, F-I-E-N-D-S, dot com, feyfiends.com. Special thanks to the cast and family, and to Neanna Greenhalgh, who listened to countless early versions of this work and made it better by constantly asking questions. A Fae and Fiends to Dagaz Media Production, dagazmedia.com. alert. We've sniffed out a winner from the Go Kid Go team, Snoop and Sniffy. What happens when Snoop, an experienced dog detective from London, gets sent to small town Pflugerville to train clueless puppy Sniffy as an undercover agent? Mystery, adventure, and chaos! Seriously, the town of Pflugerville isn't Dullsville like Snoop expected, and he quickly realizes that he can't handle all the action without Sniffy by his side. 
Even when they're able to turn a blind eye to the alien superheroes and villains battling it out for control of Pflugerville, Snoop and Sniffy have their paws full on Bark Street, with hilarious busybodies like Lorraine the Neighborhood Watchduck, Poot the Groundhog, and Fred the Squirrel popping around. Do you love to laugh? Do you love animals? Do you have the brightest mind since Sherlock Holmes? Yes? Then tag along with us for the fun and see if you can help solve the mysteries by listening to Snoop and Sniffy on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.